Hello again, this is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan, and we got Wendy Maitland here, Johnny. We do. Wendy I, Maitland. I would say the man, the myth, the legend, but apparently I say that every episode. <laughs> you say every single episode. Right. So I'll say the yes. woman, the myth, the legend. Okay, just to, super. You know, just to diversify a little bit. Yeah, yeah change yeah, it up a little super. bit. Yeah. yeah, people need diversity. Absolutely. But you're with Atelier. Yes. By Wendy Maitland. Yes. And I've known you a long time. Yes, we've known each other Back, for... Like, uh, I think 12 years. Yeah, I was yeah, say 12, 13, yeah. somewhere between 10 and yeah, 15 years. Exactly. So, And you've always and been. And it's a relationship I treasure. Aww, so I'm happy to be here. Thank, with well, you. this is a relationship yeah, business. We kind of kicked it off in the very beginning. So yes. I always, I was tracking your growth, and you really have grown your company. And you're doing an independent yes. company now. That's right. So we're going to talk about a lot of things. I want to talk about you building your own company. I want to talk about what you see going on in the markets. Great. Um, but first off, let's just talk about the markets. So, yeah. so what's going on out there? Everyone's confused. Well, everyone's confused because people try to encapsulate the market mm -hmm. into one thing. Mm -hmm. And there actually is no such thing. We have many markets and then we have micro segments of oh, yeah. markets mm -hmm. yeah as you know Every and it's building. it's it's by price it's yeah. by neighborhood it's by area neighborhood yeah. even block by block values yeah. change as you know so we've been through a hell of a correction yes we and have. this is a micro market kind of a market yes so what what do you like where's your best viewpoint right now which markets are you looking in or been acting have you been in the new development sector the luxury sector um i'll tell you i'm always in the luxury sector mm -hmm. i've uh dipped more than a toe at this point into the commercial market. Interesting. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, retail, office, restaurant, mm -hmm. leasing sales, um, and the deals we're putting together are very, very creative because they have to be because the landscape's changed. In right. terms of new development, yeah. I've been... Um, I've not been that active in new development. That's a really tough segment right now, and I'll, we can go into that as much as you want. I think it's a, I think it's a value play. I mean, I think they're hit the most. Um, yes. I think the townhouse families hit the most. I think new developments are hit townhouses the most. Townhouses for sure. And right. I've been doing a lot of those. So too. what do you see going on? So what do you see in townhouse sector? How much are we down there? Uh, townhouse sector, we are down, I would say, a good 18% right now mm. uh, from 2015. Okay, and, you know, it, the problem is, is that that sector has always been a lagging sector because although it's small and you would think that it would be good, it doesn't go up the same as other sectors on a price per square foot basis. Mm -hmm. It's never, townhouses are not priced price per square foot and we have a lot of inventory right now on the market. Is it because townhouses are so different from one another with the FARs it, and the widths? They're so different. Depths? There's width, there's depth, there's material, is it a brownstone, is it a limestone, is it brick, right. is it federal style, what block is it on? Right. Townhouse buyer psychology is also different from other uh, buyer psychology. Right, and it seems almost now that the townhouse buyers of today almost have the same same choice in terms of size in the new right. development sector. And suddenly right. now you throw in a, a, a laundry list of amenities right. and, it, and it makes the choice a lot harder. That's right. You're right, John. Is that sector just stalled right now? Or what's going on? I wouldn't say stalled. I'd say it's an opportunity sec sector mm -hmm. for buyers right now, and it's very difficult for sellers. And it just comes back to basic, at the, at the end of the day, yeah. supply and demand. Right, um, and we also had those policy changes last year, right? And, and Yes, and, and, and the tax changes, right. yes, absolutely. So let's check back to new development really quick. Yeah. I know you don't do a lot of business there, but, but you think that's hit around 18, I, 20%? I have done, by the way, just to clarify mm -hmm. in my career, 
a ton of new development and I'm not opposed to doing it mm -hmm. but right now we've got uh, very few new starts mm -hmm. right now today in the luxury new development sector on the sell side on the okay. sell side mm -hmm. and there are great reasons for that yeah. we have so much inventory not only that you see but that you don't see because there's a huge amount of shadow inventory right now so. I mean do you even want a new development right now that's the thing I not mean, really it's yeah. a tremendous amount of time mm -hmm. and energy I would like to inherit new developments right now right, that aren't because it's, it's a three-year arc really wow. average um, maybe even minimum in most cases for new development for new development from acquisition to the final mm -hmm. sellout now and we and we've got new developments by the way sitting on the market now that are in their fourth fifth and even sixth years so l let me ask what and you don't and have we don't to share we don't this, get course, paid until the end of the day if you want if you would like to inherit a new development what would sort of be the game plan to figure out all right which ones might be the best ones to quote unquote inherit and how do you go about sort of oh i process? can tell you many if i were like shopping and they were all displayed in tiffany's right. i could just point directly <laughs> to the ones that i want they're uh, developments that are finished because mm -hmm. the other thing is that buyers have so many options and tend not to have you know huge vision yeah. in many cases if something's finished it, you've you've got a, a a leg up right there okay. and also the timeline is much better if you have a developer who has become real in terms of being a real seller mm -hmm. and understanding pricing of today and not of 2015, even 14, yep. 16 when they acquired right. when the projections were much different that's a leg up now, so um, and and luxury, but not, not you know, I just want to talk about this yeah, for a second sure. because I've advised many developers and I have inherited many developments. Developers tend to make the mistake of when they're planning in the very early stages mm -hmm. to look at, oh, that's being absorbed, that's being absorbed. I'm going to do what they're doing, right. and that's really the opposite of what you should be doing because when we're at a peak of a market and there's still a good amount of inventory in a mm -hmm. sector that is moving, like for instance, the four bedroom Uber luxury right. developments like 56 Leonard, for example, yeah. or what mm -hmm. you know is in Hudson Yards, you wanna go the opposite of that and anticipate that there's something that is not fulfilling buyer's needs. And so right now, I'd say that's a little bit more of the efficient uh, okay. scale luxury yeah well, that's interesting well but it's very interesting and if you think going back to time and place right all right so let's get people a little bit of a journey here in 2012 and 2013 and 2014 mm -hmm. when a lot of those decisions were being made guess what that they were building big back then because there was no inventory that's right we had no developments going on there was right. no inventory there was a right. scarcity problem right deals were going over the asking price and they're like right. all right overseas money's pouring in that's right safety deposit box money's coming in let's build these these huge trophy properties and mm -hmm. everyone went on that train and that's mm -hmm. kind of the glut that you're saying is really good. That's right. That got killed. And people, yeah, and people were raising their families in New York and there was a real need. Yeah. Um, now, and by the way, when I recommended, like, for instance, full floor, three and four bedroom, uber luxury development for my developers, it was in 2007 and 2008. Or actually, 2006, mm -hmm. seven, and the beginning of eight. Because yeah. at that time, you know, we were riding high. There were so many people who could not find enough space in right. a monetized doorman building. Right. And uh, then by 13, I was saying, let's go to efficiency, anticipating 15, 16, 17, and 18. Oh, that would have been a savior. Um, and yeah. some people actually did that. Yeah. Um, and they did okay. And probably. we were very successful with those 
three and four bedroom uber luxury developments that were ready to sell in 13, 14, and 15. Mm -hmm. But if you were acquiring in 13, 14, and 15, that wasn't the right product to plan. Is anyone building now? Is there like a mass building um, going on right now? Like, like think about planning stages for the next three, four years. No, there aren't as many new permits being being pulled now. That's what I figured. Yeah. So, so is it possible that everyone's downsizing and and, and shrinking, right? As mm -hmm. a result of this glut that's going on, the demand's down here, the supply's starting to rise. Right. So they're making decisions to scale back and cut back for years now. I think. Right. Do you see at some point a year or two down in the cycle in 22, 23, maybe another inventory? Scarcity happening of once we weed it's through all, this. It's all cyclical, mm. always. So how long we got here? And, and New York City, I would say at least two years. Okay. Because um, we talked about this. I um I heard a recent I read a recent statistic from a very reliable source, very recently saying that we have six years of inventory in the pipeline. Now. Jonathan Miller. Yes, yeah. it was Jonathan Miller. JM. That's yeah. right. It was the DJM, and I remember in 2009 when I was with Brown Harris Stevens and Will Zeckendorf was also in the development business and he came into our office and said we are not in a great position because where we want for a balanced market four months of inventory we have nine or ten months wow. yep. and now we're at six years so put wow. that into perspective that's a little crazy all right let's yeah. go back to the broader market that, the resale yeah. market now yeah. all right let's shift because yeah. the resale bar market yeah. is healthier okay healthier. so let's and that's that's 85 percent of the market so you're right. what's healthy what's not in the resale sector um under a million dollars mm -hmm. is healthy again everything has a caveat that i'm going to say today well-priced inventory will be absorbed yeah. in under a million in even uh, a million to two million co-ops are doing mm -hmm. much better but that's largely because of the fact that we've been drilling into our sellers heads co-ops aren't trading for as much as new development condos which where they always want to go and say wait but the average is xyz that doesn't apply across the board and i think we have a lot of realistic sellers right and we also have a buyer psychology where the shiny new coin is really something that's unique rather than um what's considered cookie cutter and that right. you know 18 of your best friends have the same thing right what um, are buyers bidding up and, for and and co resale condos are doing okay mm -hmm. unless they're investor condos in buildings like hate to pick on 56 leonard but 56 leonard mm. where they sold so well and a huge portion of those buyers the first round were investors and they turned around and put them right back on the market. Is this mostly resale condos under like the two million mark or is it in all price points? Do you under see? the two million mark is doing very well even under the three million mark where we're really seeing um, the biggest challenge which is starting to turn just drop by drop right now mm -hmm. is the four or five million and over market. Starting to pick up. A little bit. So yes. we're hearing this. We're hearing this over the yes. last like couple of months. That That's right. That's right. why I say drop by drop because I don't want to make yeah. any big predictions when it's so nascent. But, but people have to understand that are listening to this. So there are agents listening to this that haven't been through a lot of the cycles. You right. know, the, the, the 2005, 6, 7, 8 crisis right. and then yeah. the latest cycle. Um, you feel it. You can you feel sense it, it in it's, the calls and in the demand and the, and the urgency. Yeah, we've been in the business long enough right. that we're... Yeah, you, it, it's like a sixth sense. So how long have you been feeling this return of maybe a little bit of eyesight nibbling? Like how long I has think it started really 
a bit at the end of the summer and then it waned mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. as our market typically does but we saw new contracts and even closings starting to pick up uh, I mean closings for sure but they're from an older sale uh, cycle but um, right. starting before the end of 2019 and gotcha. certainly January but the last month, mm -hmm. uh, you really feel it. So it's pretty new. So you, you got a good taste of buy side and sell side? Yes. Like, um, yeah. What are buyers bidding for? Like, what are they bidding up for right now? What are they What are they paying for? Are they paying for renovations, views? Like, what do you find really is moving? Really good question. Uh, they're paying for prime location, mm -hmm. unique homes that are priced fairly, mm -hmm. um, meaning not uh, over market significantly right. and even slightly under market in um, co-ops and condominiums I'd say and even new developments it's across all sec all sectors townhouses not as much not as much mm -hmm. yeah so if I had a cookie cutter apartment that was not unique I'm talking about the 80% plus of the inventory right. out there obviously right because right? it's hard to find those good cool charming unique yeah. places and I price fairly Mm -hmm. Am I still going to have trouble finding a buyer? You might, okay. because there's no sense of urgency just because there are, there's a plethora of options mm -hmm. for right. our buyers. Now, lifestyle changes motivate certain people. You know, they're, they're relocating or they're having a baby or they're downsizing or, um, right. you know, a lot of things. Wall Street is not driving our market as much as it used to. However, I have a feeling, and we don't have stats on this yet, that what we're that that sixth sense that we're feeling about the it's the, tied the to buzz the bonus. Mm -hmm. is tied to the bonus, but it's not reported yet. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the word was the bonuses were going to be good, and then guess what happened in the last five days right. or so is just uh, oh boy, yeah. stock yeah. markets can fall. Yeah. I didn't know the stock markets can fall, John. That's right. Did well, you guys yeah, know the stock exactly. markets can fall? We're recording this late February. <laughs> There's the coronavirus scare, which kind of exactly. spooked the markets by several percentage points right. the last couple of days. So. That's up in the air, but I think yeah. you know you're, you're you're nailing it today, Wendy. You've, you've you've mentioned that the markets are incredibly fragmented, so right. you know, what's happening in one sector does I not agree. necessarily what's happening in another sector. And you also sure. mentioned there's no sense of urgency. Right. So when you're dealing with a seller or with a buyer, how do you how do you have that conversation about? All right, let's not talk about the market as the market. Let's talk about it as what your specific specific right. sector is. And on the buy side, how do you approach a buyer who might not have a sense of urgency to kind of get them to sort of see the, the big picture here like hey these are actually pretty good prices and now's a good time to buy uh yeah i think uh education and information are key in each of those cases in a broad sense mm -hmm. um making uh creating urgency in a buyer who doesn't have urgency all you can do really is educate because God, if I had the ability to make that happen, if I had that magic wand, <laughs> then uh, you wouldn't I be sitting we, here. With I wouldn't be with sitting us. here. No, no, no. <laughs> and I think that's a challenge for all of us in the in the real estate brokerage industry right. is that we cannot manufacture urgency. Right. Um, and people try to do it, and it actually it's clumsy. I, I don't. I don't advise it. You yeah. fall on your face. That's it's such like, great. You're not living their life. That is such great yeah. advice. And you know, John, we say it. We say, look, the market does what the market wants when the market wants to do it. Right. And the market's powered by the bids, and the bids will do what the bids want when they want to do it. That's right. So you're kind of saying, hey, listen, educate them. Let them know where we are in the cycle. Let them know that this you still got great leverage. 
That's you right. still got discounts. That's you still right. got options. And I, nobody knows until they're looking in the rear view mirror right. when that bottom was. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm still I'm a big firm believer that if you if, if you have a buyer come to an open house and that open house is empty and you give them the hard sell about why this is a great price, right. you gotta do it. It's just hard to do it. It's just it's it comes it's off very clumsy. To, yeah. But if you price yeah. it a little bit below the market and that's that one right. buyer shows up and there's 15, 20 other people there. Well, that's suddenly right. that's a different story. I, that's I, right. I, I have a case, uh, a very recent case scenario about that for you guys if you want. Hit us. Uh, I'll hit, hit us hard. with it. Okay. <laughs> so um, going back for a second to, to segue to how do you educate your sellers. Yeah. So I educate sellers really very carefully and deeply as much as they can uh, have the attention span to deal with it. But the, the key component of of it is pricing, mm -hmm. it, obviously. That is the most important factor. And you know, when sellers are interviewing brokers, they want to know, what are you going to do for me? What's your marketing budget? Where do you advertise? What's your social media presence, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that is good stuff. But it really doesn't sell a property unless it's properly priced. And the death knell for any property's value, and I, I'm very straight about this with my, my sellers, is, uh, overpricing and chasing down the market and even not chasing down the market with a property that's languishing on the market. You cannot allow a property to languish. Sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And sometimes when they don't listen, I'll take it and sometimes I won't. Right. And if I do take it, it's with a caveat that we uh, have an open dialogue after four to six weeks and be really incisive about changing mm -hmm. the price. Like a predetermined so, price cut after four, six right. weeks. Right. That's right. That's right. That's a prenup. That's right, because our time is money and we're in, you know, it's it's the real estate business, yeah. not the real estate friends, even right. though we're all friends That's with right. a lot of our people. But the case study, and I'm sorry I'm, I'm going uh, on and on, but it's very interesting. So. First of all, we have to address our sellers about pricing in a highly customized way. Mm -hmm. So I had this seller come to me with a Tribeca listing um, opportunity a few months ago, and I walked the apartment and spoke with the seller, got the history, really did my research, and I thought I saw in this a unique possibility mm -hmm. um, and opportunity because it's on a in a prime neighborhood, not only in a prime neighborhood, on a prime uh, street mm -hmm. in Tribeca, my favorite street, which is Franklin Street, and on one of the best two blocks of Tribeca. So this, I'm is, saying, this is really location, location, yeah. location. Location, 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 in an authentic, like, um, converted loft. It was right. converted in 1991. Uh, a penthouse with outdoor space, wood-burning fireplace, mm. starting to get the picture. Yeah, all those character mm. Huge, items. massive yeah. skylight. It, Differentiators. Three exposures, mo rather than the typical two, and also air rights. So I thought, okay, this is gonna be, this is gonna buck the market. I really think it is. He wanted to list it at 4.6, and I wanted to list it at 4.25. None, neither one would be egregiously wrong. Right. Luckily for me and for him, ultimately, he, he followed my advice. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had our first showing a week ago, Monday, which yep. would have been eight days ago, nine days ago, and um, had our first open house on Sunday. And now we have a more. Breaking news. More? Not yet. You but heard it here first. We're yeah. expecting three more bids, but we awesome. have one 
bid from somebody who already had a bid on something else yeah. that he thought would be accepted by today, and he bid 4.5. Wow! Immediately, all so, cash. So let me ask you because this is not this is this is a really tricky one because this is not like pricing a one-bedroom co-op in Yorkville. Right. That's and right. Yorkville, I love you, but this is much right. more of an art market than the oil market. That's this is right. not a commodity. Right. That's right. I'm interested. That's a really good point, I'm interested John. to hear, like, how did you, where did your seller come up with 4.6? Where did they get that number from? Um, because through looking at comps uh -huh. and looking at what has sold over the past year, and mind you, that segment is an incredibly huge yeah. of cooperatives. It's co-op too. I don't know if I mentioned that non-doorman. Right. Uh, a lobby that probably hasn't changed since 1975. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have like two handfuls in my in my Urban Digs report, <laughs> uh, which I always Plug for UD. Use. That's right, <laughs> UD. You go. Uh, don't go. I don't leave home without it. I love it. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so you could justify it on the high end. And I had this conversation with him, and I said, "Listen, you're not wrong. Yeah. That this is within the range of comps, but you also." Um, need to price strategically and this is my strategy and it's purposeful and methodical and this is proof and that you'll know in the first few weeks as well like I, right. I mean come on let's be real here that's like right. i mean like if you if you're on the market for 90 days and you have no traffic and no bids it's your price that's right i and mean you know what? it's your price, your price it's is true wrong. and sellers yeah. really really want to hear a high price yeah and that's where we yeah. go to uh, what i call buying a listing which i never right. do right um because and i told my seller this i said I know that to your ears right now, it sounds divine to right. hear 4.6, and I know that that's what you want me to say, but I don't want to handicap you mm -hmm. with that. I yeah. could give you, I could tell you 4.9, I could tell you 5.5, .5, and right. you'd probably love to hear that, yeah. but it wouldn't be doing you any favors. And so everyone knows this is the practice of brokers, just telling sellers what they want to hear to win the listing. Right. And ultimately it doesn't sell, and they, and they try to get business through a buyer or whatever, but right. people want listings, and they'll, They'll do whatever they need to do. We're running out of time here, so we have to get down to the last couple of questions. I want to do an agent productivity question here, because okay. um, you built a team, yes. right? So there's a lot of agents out there that are that are probably in a position. Hopefully, they're in a position where they're upping their game, and they're like, "All right, I may need to get some help here." If I was a new agent, how would I go about thinking about building a team? Like, what would be the first person I would need to bring on to say, "All right, you need this kind of person to expand your team because you got a problem here, and this is going to help you." You need a person who is highly skilled at doing all the things that you're not as good at and that you don't like to do. Is that another broker frankly. or is that like an admin or? I think you need a, whatever you want to call them, an assistant, mm -hmm. a project manager, a project coordinator. Mm -hmm. uh, you need somebody to do the things that need doing for sure, but they're right. not the best and highest use of your time. If you're, a, if, if you're, you know, my nickname a lot of times is revenues. There's mm -hmm cash flow, revenues, a, a and then there's yeah. the center of the wheel. Right. So if I'm revenues, my best time, even though I actually love marketing, isn't spending hours and hours of every one of my days right. doing marketing. Right. So you really have to organize uh, a system in which each person on your team is in a role that it allows them to uh, use their time in the best and highest. Yeah, I, I love use. the highest and best use because I mean your, your job is to bring the business in. Right. That's your revenue job, right? right. My job is to, is to meet the sellers, meet the listings, meet the developers, et cetera, right. et cetera. You're not setting up appointments for buyers. 
Right? Um, Are some, you? Sometimes I am because okay. it's also well, if it's a, a six million, seven million dollar. Yeah, program. even if it's it's a relationship based business. So even if it's if you see me with a buyer who's looking for something at two point five, mm-hmm. or even listen, I had a buyer that I went out with a couple of times, not every time, mm-hmm. for a six hundred thousand dollar unit, but. I, it was my fourth transaction in one year with the family. Right. Okay, so, gotcha. so you got to you got to yeah. pay attention to your relationships. This too. has been great stuff. We're out of time. We'll bring Wendy back and we can have like more that. time. But All Wendy right. Maitland, thank you so much thank for coming. You, this is Noah thank and you, John. John. We are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan today, and we'll catch you next time.